0: please be seated. Good evening. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service here at Church of the Good Shepherd. I'm so glad to see so many of you here, some who are regular, some maybe not so regular, but nonetheless, you are very welcome. And as we uh, look at this passage, I want us to just uh, have some uh, concerns or or thoughts about what it means uh, to celebrate Christmas. What does Christmas mean? truly signify. I've entitled, My Sermon, Love Came Down at Christmas. It's based on a a beautiful hymn, uh, which uh, sometimes is sung, not so much in our church, but maybe uh, one day we'll we'll do it, right Moses? (laughs) Anyway, the Old Testament reading begins, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Uh, we live sort of in the northern hemisphere, and this period of time is when the days are shortest and darkness rains. Now in Singapore, it may be half an hour, 45-minute difference uh, throughout the year, but if you have ever lived in a temperate country like I have in Canada, you know, the days really compress, and it can get dark long, even before 4 p.m., Right, and and it doesn't. The sun doesn't even rise until maybe eight in the next morning, and you know this darkness uh, into which we celebrate Christmas. You know, it's it's really a a desire to see the light shine, and I can see how that can be. But you know, if we think of the darkness that we live in, it's not just physical darkness that we face. It's reading in the news that Christmas has been cancelled in Bethlehem this year. in uh, in Israel because of, obviously, the conflict that's been going on in Gaza. And, you know, the, the place which is normally at this time bustling with, you know, tourists and visitors and pilgrims is deserted. You read the papers and, you know, the darkness is not just over there. It's even here. I don't know how many of you saw in the news about a guy who slashed and injured three people in Pasiris right here. In our island, you know, you can't imagine that something like that could take place. But this morning's uh, Straits Times, Sunday Times, there was an uh, article written by uh, Terence Heng, and it's entitled, The Year-End Gathering and the Dysfunctional Family. And in it, he talks about how there are weaker social bonds across generations, and where in the past, family life was a stabilizing force for society, that is no longer the case. Darkness is not just out there. It's even within our own families. And you know, the hymn that was uh, sung earlier, O Little Town of Bethlehem, is a beautiful hymn uh, uh, written by an Anglican clergyman in the last uh, or two centuries ago, rather. You know, it talks about how you know, above the deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. It says, yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And that's precisely what Christmas is about. It's about the love of God come down to us in Jesus Christ. All our hopes and all our fears are met in Jesus tonight. See, the passage in Luke's Gospel. And we are so familiar, sometimes, you know, we don't think a lot about it. But it begins in verse 8, it says, And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, shepherds are really blue-collar workers. In fact, they were probably the bluest of the blue-collar workers, the ones who no one else wanted to do. I mean, you don't need a lot of skill set to watch sheep, right? You just have to be a warm body, you've got a pair of eyes and you, you know, uh, can um, uh, uh, stand and walk and tell the sheep or, you know, move the sheep to where they need to go. Uh, And yet, this is the group of people that God chose to first reveal the coming of His Son. Can you imagine? Of course, besides Mary and uh, Joseph, the parents... But this, in this uh, uh, scenario, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says there, and they were filled with great fear. I think if we put ourselves in their shoes, we would too be fearful. But, you know, for them, uh, uh, especially living in uh, first century Palestine, they were very religious and they were very attuned to the things of God. They would have known that this is at this angelic visitation, would have been in a divine encounter. And, you know, human nature is such that we often find that fear is one of the most common reactions we have to God. I don't know how many of you, you know, work in a regular workplace. Now, some of you still work from home, then not quite the same. But if you've gone back to work, right, sometimes coffee break. And what do you do? You all end up in the break room, right? The, the pantry, in the office. And you just try this, you know. If you talk to them, ah yeah, Liverpool Arsenal last night, can't imagine how it ended up in a draw. You know, should have been a penalty. <laughs> or or you say, Wow, those crazy COE prices, don't know is it going down or is it going up? Right? Don't know whether you can ever afford a car again. Or or some of you I've seen on your social media pages, you come back and you talk about your holidays in Japan. Make me jealous. <laughs> right? You know, and 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 anything in this conversation doesn't matter who or what everyone's very keen to join in why don't you try a social experiment start the conversation and say did you know that at Christmas God came down to us and he was born as a baby in a manger everyone say oh I think I got uh, uh, a meeting, a call I need to go and attend to, boom everyone will disappear right Not just because you want to talk about uh, religion, but because mentioning God makes people uncomfortable. Now, it's not just human nature here and now. It stretches all the way back in history in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve had uh, made a decision to disobey God. You know, before this, they often walked with God in the Garden. But this time, after they had sinned, you know, uh, they were... Couldn't be found. God was calling out for Adam and, you know, uh, no sound, no picture. And finally, when God found Adam, he asked Adam, where were you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. They were naked all along. What happened? That is the condition of the human spirit you know there's a, a common meme that goes around and i understand what it's expressing and i agree with it to some extent you know we talk about the wise men who ultimately sought out jesus in in our church calendar we often celebrate it at the epiphany uh, which is a couple of weeks down the road and it's true that wise men still seek him the problem is that not many of us are wise Most of us aren't wise. We weren't wise and we aren't wise even now. See, this is what Paul said in his letter to the Romans. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And later on he says, all have sinned and fall short of God's standards. And that's the reality of the human condition, which is why, you know, it's not we who seek God. Ultimately, the message of Christmas is about God who seeks us, that He is the original seeker. You know, we are filled with great fear, but there is good news up ahead. Some of you know the song, right? Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And there's this impression of Santa Claus that he's got a list, right? He's checking it twice. He's you know, going to find out who's naughty or nice. And sometimes, I guess, you know, this is a temptation for parents. They want to try and uh, uh, use something else to scare the children into good behavior. And I want to say to you, uh, this has happened to me. I've heard parents say, hey, you better behave yourself. Look, pastor is here, pastor is here. You know, he will score you, you know. <laughs> Please uh, don't use me as a scare tactic on your children. <laughs> All right. Uh, but that's the common uh, impression of Santa Claus. You know, it uh, reminds me of a story of a boy. He had this impression of Santa Claus. So he thought, better not write to Santa Claus for my Christmas present. Let me write to Jesus better, right? Jesus is uh, 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 more gracious and loving and kind. So he wrote to Jesus, Dear Jesus, I would like a bicycle this Christmas. And if you give me a bike... I will be good for one year. And he stopped and he think about it. Oh, it's too long. I don't think it's possible. Scratched the year out. says one month. And he thought, thought, thought a bit more. He said, wow, one month also too long. Scratched out month and says, one week. And then he scratched his head. Wow, oh, he's frustrated. He knows even one week he cannot tahan. So he decided to get up, walk downstairs to get a drink. And as he's walking by the entranceway, he saw this nativity scene, right? And he bright idea. He grabbed the whole of the figure of Mary and he went up and he continued in his letter. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) But Christmas is about good news of great joy. The angel said, told the shepherds, don't be afraid that this good news of great joy is for all people. Why? Because unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. That is how God reveals Himself as the God of love. By sending Himself as baby Jesus. Martin Luther, the great reformer, in one of his Christmas sermons in uh, 1527, said this, Reason and will would ascend and seek above. But if you would have joy, bend yourself down to this place. There you will find the boy given for you who is your creator lying in a manger. I will stay with that boy as he sucks, is washed, and dies. There is no joy but in this boy. Take him away and you face the majesty which terrifies. I know of no god. But this one in the manger. That we cannot know God. You know, our impression of God is no wonder we are fearful of Him because He seems like a terrifying majesty, one who is ready to hurl lightning bolts down at our, you know, any misstep. But God knew that is our impression. And He needed to break that impression. So He sent Himself in the form of a baby. Who's afraid of a baby? It's baby Nathan, my grandson. can't resist, but let's look. At baby Jesus, alright? It's not about <laughs> my grandson. <laughs> Who's afraid of a baby? Right? That this God is a God who is truly for us. He's not against us. He doesn't make a list and He doesn't check it twice. He's not waiting for you to be nice. He knows that is not within your nature that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but the gift of God is eternal life God who is a God of love came down to us you know it's almost like God understood this right there's this uh, uh, saying that sometimes we have if you want a a job done right do it yourself he could not outsource it to anyone else Stop and you think about this. You know, many of us are problem solvers. And most of the problems we encounter in everyday life can be fixed, or at least can be addressed by, you know, getting the right people in. If your car breaks down in the morning, hopefully you have an AA uh, membership, you can call them, or you can call a workshop or a tow truck who will tow it to the workshop and, you know, it'll be taken care of. If you wake up with a headache, go and take two Panadol, right? And usually it helps the headache go away. If not, go see the doctor. If you say something mean to someone and it causes a rift in your relationship, go, apologize, resolve the issue. But what if our problems are not of an everyday nature? What? if we find ourselves facing bankruptcy, not through anything we have done, but because of what has happened in the economy or, you know, things have turned and it's beyond your control. What if you find this relationship which you have invested so much in? It's on its last legs. And even seeing a counselor doesn't help. Everything except signing on the dotted line is done. This is precisely what W.H. Auden, the poet, recognized. And from, I can't remember his poem. I think it's an Advent or Christmas or Anyway, he said this, We who must die demand a miracle. How could the eternal do a temporal act? The infinite become a finite fact. Nothing that is possible can save us. We who must die demand a miracle. That the possible is not enough. Right? Because we face such impossibilities in life. And that's precisely what Christmas is about. It's about the impossible happening in our midst. A virgin who had never had relations with anyone finds herself conceiving and a child is born. And this child grows up and does the impossible, turning water into wine, making the lame walk, the blind see, casting out demons, walking on water, raising the dead. But he himself going to the cross for us. We who must die demand a miracle. This is the message of Christmas, of love that has come down to us. You know, the Bible tells us this. Love, which is perfect, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear punishment, right? The reason we are afraid of death is because we are afraid of the consequences of death. We are afraid of the punishment that all of us rightly deserve. That we are all sinners, right? If you don't know, go visit hopa Villa. <laughs> what is it? Seven or nine layers of hell? No, don't visit. <laughs> because it's all false. But the idea is there we understand that there is a price to pay for all our actions and jesus came to pay that price on the cross on the cross he demonstrated god's perfect love for us that is what christmas is you know the gift of christmas that we first receive at christmas was jesus who came in a baby but this gift was ultimately unwrapped for us at Easter. Now, some of you are CEOs, right? Christmas and Easter only, you come to church. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that you're here. Alright? And, and I'm, I praise God for that. So please come back at Easter to see the gift unwrapped, alright? <laughs> you you got the beginning, you better come for the end. But that's the message of Christianity that God knew we could not save ourselves. In Romans 5, verses 6, it says, For while we were still weak, in fact, verse 10, it says, while we were enemies, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, While we were weak and incapable, Christ died for us. That's the message of Christmas. You know, and as you sit here today, as you sing the carols, and you you enjoy the words of the song, that's precisely what the message of Christmas is all about. For those of us who are Christians, in a moment we will be coming to the table of our Lord to receive Holy Communion. And it is at this table we remember that Jesus Christ, His body was broken for us on that cross. And His blood was shed for us to wash away our sins, to make us clean and acceptable before God, so that we do not need to fear. This is the perfect love which casts out all fear. And all fears that we have, the fear beneath the fear is always the fear of death, isn't it? God provides this solution for us. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray in an unconventional way. We started with that hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, that first verse. But I think the final verse is a wonderful prayer as well. And it's a verse in which we call out to God and we invite Jesus to come into our hearts and into our lives. And as I pray this prayer, if you have never made uh, an invitation to God to come into your life, to accept Him as your Lord and your Savior, why don't you pray this prayer along with me? Every eye closed, every head bowed, just take a moment to reflect and what I've shared with you from God's Word today. Many times, many to and some of you may have a prompting in your heart. You realize that God has spoken to you in a very real way. the Bible tells us that God, Jesus, stands at the door of our hearts and He knocks. And if anyone opens that door, the promise of the Word of God is that He will come in and He will fellowship with us and He will sit at table with us. In other words, begin a relationship with us. And This is a prayer I would like to lead each and every one of us in. You know, you may have already prayed a prayer like that, but you realize you need to enter into a deeper relationship with Him. I urge you also to pray this prayer through the words of this hymn. For those who have never prayed this prayer, you know, please do join me as I pray this Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. here with us. And I pray that as we cross over into this new Christmas and into the new year, that Lord, this relationship with you will grow. Send people alongside us to help us to walk with you, to know you and to learn more and more about you, to grow in love with you. Lord, we love because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord. We ask and pray all these things in your son's most precious name and all God's people's sake.